Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, July 26th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, this will be our last day together this week. You are seeing what tonight? Uh, Smokey Joe's tonight. So, Smokey Joe's tonight. And then you're seeing, you're seeing Head Over Heels tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow I am seeing... That sounds right, but my calendar's... No, on a clear day. Oh, on a clear... Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So a couple off-Broadway musicals this week. So I will be guiding everybody into the weekend on my own uh, for tomorrow's show. So uh, enjoy the shows. Let me know how they go, and I'm sure you'll talk about them uh, at least in passing, either on uh, Sundays this week on Broadway or on Monday's show back with me. Before we get this show officially started, uh, I do want to mention that two-time Emmy Award-winning composer, lyricist, conductor, producer, uh, Glenn Robin has passed away at the age of 60. He was a veteran of the music and entertainment industries. He'd worked with such stars as Julie Andrews, Melissa Etheridge, Aretha Franklin, Kenny G, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Patti LaBelle, Liza Minnelli, Diana Ross, and more. He conducted Frank Sinatra's last concert on television, Sammy Davis Jr.'s final TV performance as well. Uh, he also worked on four presidential inaugurations. Of course, we're mentioning him because he has a Broadway connection. He began his Broadway career as a rehearsal pianist for Pippin while he was still in high school. And then at 19 was the musical director for Sugar Babies on Broadway. He wrote scores for a number of plays, including as a contributing composer to A My Name is Alice. He wrote a number of musicals as well that had played across the country. I know he was somebody who uh, a lot of people in the Broadway community were sad to see away it's still a, a pretty young age at, at 60 um so uh, to everybody who knew him and loved him um either personally or just through his work uh, our thoughts are with you today all right uh first up in the news we have uh nicolette robinson will make history in waitress this fall Yes, she will. Yesterday, producers announced that the stage and screen regular will become the first woman of color to play the role of Jenna Hunterson in the musical Waitress. That's not the only history. We'll get back to some more here in a minute. When she replaces Catherine McPhee on September 4th, off-Broadway, Robinson has starred in the musicals Invisible Thread and Brooklynite. She's also had recurring runs on the TV shows The Affair, Heart of Dixie, and Perfect Couples. Robinson gave birth to a daughter in April of 2017. That makes her also the first mother to have played the role. Uh, so that's a, a good double uh, double dose of history there for this show. And many listeners will know, I'm sure, that she is married to Tony winner Leslie Odom Jr. This will be Robinson's Broadway debut. Now, James, I have to say I'm very aware of Nicolette Robinson. I know a lot of her background and, and uh, you know, all the stuff she's done and obviously know her through Leslie. But I'm not super familiar with her work. I've never seen her in anything. I don't watch the TV shows that she's on. Um, but over at Broadway World, we put together a few videos of her singing and she's really fantastic. I mean, she's great. Uh, so I finished watching those. And then I saw somebody tweet about um, she did an Instagram story about. Uh, taking over this role and how important it was to her, how she'd loved the show since she saw it right around when it opened. And she always dreamed of playing this role, but never really pursued it, never had her management team pursue it, didn't anticipate it could happen, that a woman of color would be considered to the, for this role. So she was really emotional about having the opportunity to play the part. I am super happy for her. She seems uh, more than eminently talented uh, for the role and seems really, really moved by the opportunity. And I'm really proud of the Weislers and the team at Waitress for doing what, frankly, not enough Broadway shows do, especially musicals, and choosing a non-white performer to replace in a role that is normally done by a white person. 
this is exactly the type of leadership that Broadway needs uh, to uh, expand the expand the vision and expand the audience as well. So I, yeah. I, I stand with you. I, I applaud this move. Yeah, I retweeted something from uh, Laura J. Brown talking about what representation means and how it should work in situations like this with um, roles that were either originated by a white person and and being able to bring in people of color into those roles. And if a role's originated by uh, a person of color, maybe we should just leave it as a person of color and not put white people in it, um, which Waitress has done as well. So it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, when trying to, to navigate these things and not be incredibly pedantic about it, but trying to figure out how to do these in a modern way um, and trying to look at all of of the built in uh, institutional advantages that white people have in getting roles in general. So uh, it was a really good way to look at it. So if you want to follow her thread, head over to to my Twitter. And James, I have zero inside information here, but I mentioned that Nicolette's husband is a Tony winner, Leslie Odom Jr., as we've talked about before. Yeah, as we've talked about before, currently, um, as Dawn and Ogie, we have a married couple in uh, uh, in Katie Lowe's and Adam Shapiro. I don't know anything, but I'm just saying if Nicolette and Leslie were going to do the show together, the way that you would roll this out is you would announce Nicolette first, get her the big pub of having the historical making you know, run as a woman of color who's given birth, who is a mother in this role. And then maybe a few days or a week later, maybe you'd announced Leslie as the new Dr. Pometer when Eric uh, when Eric Bergen leaves. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I'm not saying it would be a bad idea. And this isn't the exact way that I would do it if I was running the uh, the marketing and press campaigns for Waitress. I think uh, you have another career here in, uh, in casting and marketing of Broadway shows. I think that's a great idea. I mean, if someone wants to hire me to uh, work on your productions, I am uh, – I don't want to use that word, but I will do whatever you want me to do for money. So feel free to hit me up. Hey, you're busy Sunday through Thursday night. Yes, that's okay, true. Good. <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> I, uh, I'm all for everything, but as long as I take care of me first. Yeah, uh, gotcha. All right. Uh, this year's Kennedy Center honors were announced on Wednesday. Yes, and there was a specifically Broadway feel to uh, quite a few of them. Yeah, it was. The 41st annual recipients will be Cher, the subject of a Broadway-bound musical, of course, Broadway alum and, more appropriately, country music icon Reba McIntyre, as well as composer Philip Glass and jazz saxophonist Wayne Shorter. In addition... The creators of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Thomas Kale, Andy Blankenbuehler, and Alex Lacamoire will receive a unique honor, quote, as trailblazing creators of a transformative work that defies category. I mean, it's a Broadway musical. I think that's a pretty obvious category. Uh, but anyway, the event will happen in Washington, D.C., of course, on December 2nd and will be broadcast on CBS during the holidays. I think it's – is it normally – New Year's Eve or the 30th. I, I don't I forget which day it is, uh, but sometime around the holidays, it'll be on TV. Now, James, what do you think about this group? We're starting to see different types of people. And we talked about this the last few years. We've talked about it's it's kind of a different type of person who's getting this honor in recent years. There were no shortage of opinions on the social meds yesterday. Do you think these people are going to go to the White House? No, 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 no. I mean, if you've checked out Cher's Twitter feed any time in the last two plus years, I can't imagine the president and his family are going to be attending this year either. They didn't attend last year. 
So I can't imagine they'll be showing up with Lynn and and share there. I uh, I have a feeling they'll be skipping this one. I tell you, you know how the Kennedy Center can get them there. I, I can only wait for this punchline. Go for it. Tell them that there's a golf course there. <laughs> that he owns. Yeah, that that he can get paid. <laughs> Government can pay for him to go golf there. Yeah. So this is an awesome, awesome group of people. Uh, interesting. I don't know if the Kennedy Center ever uh, honored a group of people before, like Lynn and Tommy and Andy and Alex. Or... I, I I don't know, but this it does bear you know clarification that this is not they are not considered I don't believe they're considered actual Kennedy Center honorees. They're getting a special oh. award, so they're I don't believe and just is just from reading the press release that they sent out. I don't think they're going to have that rainbow colored medallion, uh, you know, necklace and medallion. I think this is kind of something different. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, it's the precursor, the warm up to their Kennedy Center honors eventually, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with the way Lynn's going, he's going to probably, you know, have the, the Kennedy Center named after him here in a, in a <laughs> year. But um, but, you know, it is it is interesting. You know, I remember, you know, a lot of these performances that we've seen over the years with, you know, Barbara Cook getting one. And we don't we haven't seen those types of performers in Cheetah Rivera. And obviously she's branched out, you know, from far beyond Broadway. But we haven't seen a lot of those types of performers in recent years and not and i'm certainly not saying that either share or reba is not um imminently qualified to to receive this honor that's not what i'm saying but it does seem like in recent years and i don't know if this has anything to do with les moonves trying to pull in some more viewers but it sure seems that as the years have gone on and baby boomers have maybe gotten older they've started to go into more of the popular arts to find their honorees. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing or if that's just the natural evolution um, as generations change and, and and artistic interests change. But it's something that there were a lot of people that had uh, a lot of opinions, both positive and negative, about it uh, when this was announced yesterday. All right. Let's move forward into the Critics Pan Atlantic Theaters. Oh. This ain't no disco. Yeah, I tried to kind of warn everybody about this uh, the other week, but uh, earlier on a Tuesday night, the Atlantic Theater Company's world premiere of This Ain't No Disco, the new musical from Stephen Trask and Peter Yanowitz, officially opened, and uh, it was directed by Darko Treznik and choreographed by Camille A. Brown. I'm not going to beat a dead horse because just like disco, this show is pretty much dead already after the beating it took from the critics. So I'm just going to read uh, the, the the two biggies as far as I'm concerned. First up, Ben Brantley from the New York Times said, quote, why enjoy a wild night on the town when you can skip straight to the head pounding hangover? That would happen or that would appear to be the animating principle behind this ain't no disco, the tone deaf cliche clogged rock rock opera that opened on Tuesday night. I, I, it's probably never good when the chief critic at the New York Times compares your show to a hangover. Um, Sarah Holdren from Vulture said, quote, there's seldom much of substance to hold on to. And despite a host of strongly sung performances, what's there often feels flattened by a high energy but unmemorable score and a storyline anchored by cliche. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. I, I uh, you know. I don't know what else to say about this one. It's uh, It seems like an ambitious project with some fantastic talent behind it that just didn't seem to coalesce at any point during the developmental process. What a tremendous disappointment. I, we, were talk, we were talking about this uh, when it was first announced as uh, something to look forward to. But, you know, 
we all have our favorites who don't have their hits, you know. Um, yeah. Some may not like Starlight Express. Starlight Express. <laughs> all right, Matt. What other news do we have? All right. First up, let's talk about a show that I am putting it out into the universe that I absolutely need to extend so that I can see it the the, the week after it is scheduled to close. Um, but we're going to talk about the previously announced St. Anne's Warehouse production of Oklahoma, directed by Daniel Fish. It has officially found its cast. Recent Tell Me More guest Rebecca Naomi Jones will play Lori in this unique, immersive production. She will be joined by Damon Duano, who played Curly in Fish's 2015 production of this show. This is more or less a transfer or a remounting of that one, as we've talked about before. Likewise, the phenomenal Mary Testa will return as Aunt Eller, and Patrick Vale will play Judd again. Joining the production will be Ali Stroker as Ado Annie. Stroker made history as the first uh, wheelchair-bound uh, performer to uh, uh, to appear on Broadway when she was in the recent revival of Spring Awakening. She will be opposite a returning James Patrick Davis uh, as as uh, as Will Parker and Michael Nathanson uh, is new to the production and he will be playing Ali Hakim. The show will kick off St. Anne's season beginning on September 27th. Next up, on Wednesday, we learned that Lila Coogan will play the title role in the national tour of Anastasia, and Stephen Brower will be playing Dimitri. Jason Michael Evans will be Gleb. Joy Franz will uh, will join as the Dowager Empress. Tari, uh, Tari Kelly will play Lily, and Edward Stoudemire will play Vlad. The tour will launch from Schenectady on October 9th. We also learned yesterday that Blacklight will be returning to New York this fall. Created by Daniel Alexander Jones, the show stars his alter ego, the legendary singer Joe Mama Jones. Blacklight is described as a musical journey that fuses the black American freedom movement, Afro-mysticism, and goddess mythology with the musical influences of Prince, Sade, uh, Sade, uh, Diana Ross, and Tina Turner. The show was originally commissioned by the Public Theater, and it ran at Joe's Pub, but it will now play the Greenwich House Theater from September 24th through New Year's Eve. And finally, a show after my own heart, uh, and probably yours too, James, since you've compared us to Stadler and Waldorf. Uh, but yesterday we learned that Sally Struthers, Hal Linden, Ed Dixon, and Mark Jacoby will lead the U.S. premiere of the Grumpy Old Men musical at Maine's Algonquit Playhouse from August 8th through September 1st. With a book by Dan Remy, music by Neil Berg, and lyrics by Nick Meglin, the show will celebrate the original film's 25th anniversary. I smell a hit right there. If you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. So, Grumpy Old Men... Written by Neil Berg and Nick Meglin. Um, this is sort of a bittersweet opening for them because Nick just passed away in June. Oh, I didn't know that. Nick just passed away in June, and Nick and Neil have been working on this project for, I'm going to guess, about 10 years or so. I can't believe this is the world premiere because I thought that it's, I had seen— It's the U.S. premiere. U.S. premiere. Oh, okay. Um uh, so this is Neil writes great music and Nick is hysterically funny. He used to be the editor of Mad Magazine. Uh, he was just an amazing, amazingly funny person. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Grumpy Old Men, the musical, and I think that it'll make it along. It's got a great cast and a great team, and hopefully it makes its way from uh, Maine a couple of hundred miles down to New York. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? 
All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT. And my name is James Murdo from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us. Matt's going to take you into the weekend. Then we have a special show on Saturday. Stay tuned. And on Sunday, this week on Broadway, we'll talk to you then. (laughs) 